In about five minutes over on BBC Two, William Woolard reports on today's progress around the north of England and Scotland in the gruelling Lombard RAC rally. Detective Jim Bergerac, on the other hand, is thinking of a relaxing weekend off, although his plans go rather adrift in 25 minutes on BBC One. And that's after part one of Survival, a new three-part adventure starring Sophie Aldred and Sylvester McCoy as Doctor Who. This is called Cinema Cavalcade. This is episode 118. It's also a bonus episode. Uh, this is Brandon, and as always with me, is your co-hoster that if uh, you blink around him, you're dead. Cullen. Allons-y. Welcome to this special episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade discussing the Doctor Who television serial Survival. Uh, joining us for discussion today from Big Finish... Here to help reverse the polarity on the neutron flow, it's Russell McGee. So much put on the romance thieves. Hello! And she's guesting whether you like it or not. From the five-ish fangirls, it's Rachel Friend. Sweet! It feet! Sweet! 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 That says it all. I'm not gonna cry! I'm not gonna cry! <sighs> I'm okay. <laughs> Oh, welcome, welcome everybody to our, our little special episode. Thank you, uh, Rachel and Russell, for making the time to join us in this space for some Doctor Who discussion. Why? 30 years ago today, our episode is dropping uh, December 6th, but December 6th, 1989, the original Doctor Who program, now I guess we dub it classic Doctor Who, aired its final episode, Survival Part 3, uh, directed by Alan Waring and written by uh, Rona Monroe. It stars Sylvester McCoy as the Doctor in his seventh iteration, Sophie Aldred as Companion Ace, with Anthony Ainley returning as the Master. Uh, this serial finds the Doctor and Ace returning to her Paravel home in West London, only to find things are a bit off and people are missing. It's discovered that the Master is transporting people from Paravel to another world populated by cheetah people and fueled by hunting and and aggression. Doctor Who 1989, this was while this was the final aired episode. It wasn't the final produced episode. That was Ghost Light. So this was shot and finished before Ghost Light and then a slight edit at the end we'll talk about added to it. But it was aired and Doctor Who wasn't really canceled. It just was kind of left to just float away, right? Right. That's kind of yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were like the idea was that they were gonna give it a little hiatus break thing. Uh, Jonathan John Nathan Turner was leaving the show regardless, and he had been known to say that he stayed on because the BBC told him if he left they can the show. And well, <laughs> right. <laughs> Guess he wasn't he called, wrong. He so, called them on their bluff. So back in 1989. I wasn't watching Doctor Who back in 1989. I discovered it on reruns in the 90s on PBS. Yeah, I was six. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> Rachel, you didn't have an ace jacket when you were six? No. no. I, oh. I, I, pretty sure at this point I was probably just watching Disney movies <laughs> on VHS. Gotcha. <laughs> Colin, were you there or, you were, or were you 90s reruns? 
Uh, I do not remember when I started watching. I mean, it was obviously PBS when I started watching it, but I, I do remember watching this episode on PBS, and it was just, and it was weird because it was like a Saturday afternoon, which they never aired in the afternoon, which was really weird. Tea time. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but I don't know, when it was over, I I sat there. I was like, "What did I watch?" Like that was. That was a weird episode. I did not understand. Maybe part of it was because it was the last episode too, or I don't know. But it was just mm-hmm. like, what, huh? Like, yeah. who? Like I. It yeah. also. It also didn't help that I didn't really know the master that well because I just hadn't watched that much up to that point. So I'm like, what? Who's this guy with the with the with the cuffs and the collar? bothering everyone what's his deal why so you're is he saying such a dick you can't just jump into classic doctor who you got to start from the beginning well it's best <laughs> not to watch the last episode so soon right you yeah. might want to watch some more gotcha <laughs> colin, just that colin and i had the same pbs affiliate growing up and all i ever caught on there were peter davison and tom baker reruns that's all i remember them showing a lot of there wasn't much else there yeah was a little bit but not much else russell your perspective were you watching actively then, or did you? Are you like the no. rest of us? No, no, no. I didn't actually start until '93, and for me, it was because of the Sci-Fi Channel airing uh, the Tom Baker series at that time. For whatever reason, on Sci-Fi Channel, they had a deal, and I the first story that I saw was Hand of Fear, and I got to see the first two episodes, and. Then I started collecting the VHS tapes after that, and then the 96 movie happened, and then I was hooked for... Yeah, so, you're, so you're like, oh, that's Sarah Jane girl. She seemed nice. Now, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you're a real uh, diehard fan. If you watch the the, move, the 96 movies, you're like, yes, more of this. Fantastic. <laughs> well, I was sold because of Paul McGann, not because of the writing, my friend. <laughs> Which I will say, <laughs> guys, oddly enough, today when we're recording is Paul McGann's birthday. Oh, hey. and why not? Yay. And we were introduced Happy to birthday, him during Sylvester McCoy's exit. So That's his, funny. His final appearance as the doctor. Uh, but yeah, so uh, survival. Okay, so none of us watched this when it aired. We're all retroact. We all retroactively caught it. Um, it's a uh, it's an interesting story. It's weird as I feel there are moments and things in the episode that feel like a grand finale, like this could be it. But overall, it's just like. It feels like another episode was something like tacked on mm-hmm, at the mm-hmm. end. It's it, yeah, well, yeah, literally, literally. Yeah, it's literally what happened. <laughs> like yeah. it, it makes you feel like, wait, did was what I watched big enough to be it? Like season finales yeah. back then weren't like Doctor Who season finales weren't a thing until like the new series. Like a lot of the times it was just like, well, what order do you want to put them in? Okay, that one will go last. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unless unless one of them was regenerating and there wasn't too much oh, more. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was the only big yeah time it was it was meant to be big. There's weird stuff. Uh, uh, the first episode, basically that typical lot of discovery things, what's going on here type of <laughs> yeah. Doctor Who, which I dig those. Like, I never, it's rare to find a first episode of a Doctor Who serial to be awful or the worst of the serial because there's mm-hmm. so much buildup. It's usually towards the end like right before the final chapter where you start to feel it's padding uh but the first episodes unless your wheel in space is never really super padded <laughs> how about <laughs> the master 
Uh, oh. He said, when, <laughs> am I revealing too much already? Well, I was going to build up to him, but go ahead. <laughs> oh, no, it's just like, cause, just because like all the cat stuff is happening and you see like the cat yeah. and you just see like his eyes and everything like that. And just, just, just hearing him oh, go. Oh, in the dark, Shh. sitting in the dark. Yeah, just just hearing him say, "Go show me." <laughs> like, I'm show not Anthony Andler. <laughs> it was so weird. Show me. Show me. Yes, he'll do very well. Like you can see, like enough of his face. Like that's clearly the master. Like, come on. Do you think it was like Ainley was like on set because this is his first episode since Trial of the Time Lord with the Undisputed yeah. Foe. So he'd Three been gone years. for a few years, and Three he was like, years. back yeah. in my day, we had mm-hmm. the money to put makeup on me, make me, yeah. <laughs> make me, uh, make me someone else, and then I'd be like, ha ha, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> Like, he still you, does that you, in this episode. He does. You you want to talk about the budget even here in Doctor Who? Because people always will poke fun at like the really early days of Doctor Who, where everything's made of Saran wrap and you know a you know glue, and they did every episode for five dollars. Obviously, the budget between sixty three and eighty nine didn't grow too much either that or they spent way too much money on the cheetah costumes because the one cat that the doctor is trying to capture looks like what salem would look like on sabrina the teenage witch if they'd had the budget of doctor who yeah it's a an animatronic cat that is intermixed with a real cat that they're trying to like it's the same thing right it's the it's the same it makes that it makes the animatronic cat look so much worse yeah yeah Oh my god! It's like it's like a cat. That cat looks like it's going kill me. <laughs> <laughs> no, it does look like uh, like more like a, like a trauma cat or something like that. Yeah. Moments before like a car runs over it. it. It's it's pretty funny. They have like on the there's a special feature about making this. <laughs> they're they're, pretty, they're kind of proud of that cat. I'm like, Are you guys really? They are, yeah. But I I feel like though I mean uh, if you made it in your garage I mean great job yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you were trying out the auditioning for the effects team That's well right. done who um, would have put this on television I don't know we're gonna okay we're gonna have a lot of fun with this too but overall I I do like this serial I think it's fine I don't think it's like one of the best and and it's really odd I'll bring this up during this serial with the cheetah people and this cat but I feel like with the last two McCoy seasons, they started figuring out how to make their show work with no money. Right. Because mm-hmm. there's yeah. a lot of ambitious failing going on in like Colin, like the trial of the Time Lord and the first season for McCoy were, and they, they said that they, they kind of went away from space stations and things like that because they knew they could do them, but they would look like crap. So they, they started, to, I feel like they started to figure it out. So it, it didn't look so cheap, but then here we go with the cheetah people and the animatronic cat. Right, and there's no sets; it's all on location, which it's is usually pretty gloves, cool. But it's like garden in gloves. actual Paravel. Yeah, an actual. Paravel. Oh yeah, yeah, that's oh. true. Yeah, yeah, it's actual Paravel. Yeah. yeah. You know, they used to go to Paris for this show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> what suburb have we not filmed in yet, guys? Or rock quarry. Yeah, I do like yeah. what they do with the Paris, sky, the sky Spain, and, uh, Amsterdam. Paravale. <laughs> they never named the planet they're transporting to, right? They're just, it's uh, just Cheetahville. It's just the planet of the Cheetah, the cheetah people. Yeah. Cheetah and people. Yeah. I laughed out loud when he said the planet of the Cheetah people. <laughs> 
Yeah. I, I love this show, but I was like, come on, guys. Come yeah. on. So, yeah, so the Doctor and Ace go back to her hometown. There's like this, uh, between Fenric, Ghostlight, and this one, there's like a trilogy of Ace's growth, her coming around. Like, it's really Ace-focused in this season. Yeah. And like her confronting her past. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and her past isn't there. And move on. Yeah, her past isn't here. And this cat we've been talking about is a avatar of some sorts for the master and it can trans it's the link to transport people to the planet of the cheetah people uh which just planet is dying and it and the more aggression that happens on it the closer it comes to its death am i getting that right right yeah yeah yeah, like, yeah this is this is really one of those stories where it's like don't ask any questions about it at all. Yeah. yeah well, story I mean, logic it's immediately fall apart. It's, it, Don't pick at that string. Take it, yes. Yeah. Take it on its surface value and stop. Like, just... Yeah. yeah. The cat transports people to the Cheeto land. Stop. Just... Let, just let it happen. See, I, I'm thinking about it, and I'm laughing. You can't think about it. <laughs> yes. They they bring them over, and these cheetahs riding horses, and the costumes. <laughs> well, I said it earlier. Uh, Lisa Barrowman said they literally used uh, garden gloves for her hands at the end of the day oh. in typical BBC fashion. So that's yeah. what they came up with to make it work. I think Jeez. the didn't the writers say... She wasn't meaning like actual cheat. Like people with just like kind of fangs, some contacts, and maybe like uh, yeah, some facial they were supposed pain. to be yeah. more human looking with like cat like features. Yeah, you were supposed to understand that. Oh, people turn into cheat because uh, it comes. Uh, Moving ahead a little, if you keep getting aggressive and being around the cheetah people in the cheetah land, you become a cheetah person. You, like, devolve into them, and, and you're like, I don't see it, but if they were more human with just, like, some facial paint to recognize that and the fangs, you'd get it a little more, but alas... No. I, I just wish they had like little like Halloween kitty cat ears. <laughs> and they just, yes. just minced around. I'm a cheetah person. Meow. Yes. What? Uh, also, uh, guys, uh, by the way, uh, Cult Cinema Cavalcade today is brought to you by Cats, a Tom Hooper film opening in theaters this Christmas. <laughs> Actually, back to I was the show. just going to mention that as far as the Cats poster in the background. Oh, yeah, there was a yes. Cats poster. Yeah. There was a Cats poster and the U2 album. And, and Ace is like, this, uh, people still listen to this? <laughs> Like Ace, it's been like three years. Like, but um. but it actually uh, does remind me. That we talk about, uh, or uh, it's been talked about how like Ace was kind of like the uh, like proto companion for like the modern series, mm-hmm. and you really yeah. get a sense of that in this one. Oh no, this one totally. Oh, yeah. This one totally it in like feels like it's informing. Uh, the the uh, series one of the new Doctor Who, and there's even a scene where some uh, the scene where that woman randomly comes out and talks to the Doctor out in the street. You remember that? Yeah. I was like, yeah, towards, I was like, I want my head oh, cannon to be like, yeah. oh, that's Rose's mom. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, she does. She does remind me of Jackie. Yeah, she, she's like, like, so say you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like that. I, I want my head cannon to be like, yeah, that was Jackie early on. She met the seventh doctor. <laughs> yeah. But they, you know, they talk about stuff like uh, people don't, uh, when uh, Ace was talking to what the rando beggar woman or whatever that was. Mm-hmm. And you know, he said, you know, people don't disappear. And then the person said, you did. Like, oh, yeah, like Rose. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, a lot right. of this was like, oh, we thought you were gone for three years. You were reported as a missing person. Oh, like Rose. 
Yes. Yeah, no, and it and they definitely were searching for something that was built upon with the new Doctor Who, even without uh, this serial, all of kind of all of them in the, the previous two seasons, from Remembrance of the Daleks up to Survival, felt like they were really latching onto something that would be inspiring down the road. The main difference is that uh, Ace does not want to get down with uh, the Doctor. That's, right. a, that's, a, that's a big difference. And Ace is one to get down with one of the cheetah people, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's got all her, like, and it just so happens the Master had kidnapped all her friends. <laughs> Conveniently. Well, that was... And the milk man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All but the rando beggar person, yes. That and was it, still it, Ace's friend. Oh, hi, Ace. Thought you were dead. What? That's what they said. Either you were dead or you'd gone to Birmingham. <laughs> Who's he? Old friend of mine. Huh. So you're back to see your family? No. So what are you doing here? You're well out of this dump. I just wanted to see my friends. Catch up a bit. Well, so where is everyone? Who? And if you don't move, the cheetahs won't attack you. Unless they're right. hungry. Yes. And they're all part T-Rex. Right. <laughs> <laughs> And so in this place or whatever, um, Ace gets, you know, close to one of the cheetahs in battle to help him out. And then she starts to start feeling the power of the cheetah as we see her eyes in one of the cliffhangers like, ooh, Ace is turning. That was a pretty, that was a pretty fun cliffhanger. That, yeah, that's I a think, good cliffhanger, yeah. I think they did a pretty good job in this story with the cliffhangers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I but, think that the three-part structure works really well for, like, you could, like, there's a lot of Doctor Who's where uh, there's some of them are better off like spreading your viewing out because you know these were meant to be watched week to week uh but this one actually plays pretty well into like watching it straight through if you want Mm -hmm. they're not repetitive yeah and i was thinking that when i watched it like this is only three episodes like why didn't they do more of this this is so nice Mm -hmm. that's what i like about the mccoy era is four at max is four three four three four three they kind of that that kind of works. The seasons are really short, but the the yeah. store the serial structure works really well. Uh, the, the master uh, Ainley, I actually I really like his performance in this. I yeah, he, I was like, apparently this was Ainley's. This obviously this was his last appearance. He did a video uh, game. At least on, wow. yeah, yeah, he on did screen the video game. as as the master, um, but apparently this is the story where he finally got to play the master the way he wanted to. In part cat, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, apparently he wanted to he wanted to portray his master closer to Roger Delgado's, mm-hmm. and he was he was he was yeah. much closer to that he wasn't he was less mustache twirling and more mm-hmm. reined in that which I liked about it and I the one of the he's the part of this that gives me a sort of sense of finality with this is everything with him because turning into the cat person that feels like one last ditch effort for him to save himself or something like it feels like, like he's losing right. and this is his last mm-hmm. type of thing and then the the battle with him and the doctor at the end feels the it's the most epic thing happening uh, in this episode that makes it feel like oh this is this is the end and then the ma- the doctor outsmarts him by being passive but that moments and everything and things to do with him feels like maybe not the it definitely feels like an end of the road for the master, not so much the doctor than the whole series. But with him, I, I kind of got the sense of finality and the tie that you know him turning into the tiger person kind of added to that for me. Small uh, continuity person. Thing that Thank you very much. I, I dig from this into the TV movie much. is uh, the yellow eyes 
because like that comes back at the start of the TV movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. So right. I know that's a whole hot mess as far as how they deal with the master there, but mm-hmm. yeah, but I was thinking about that today where he was like in the TV movie, he was like kind of some kind of jelly snake being. Yeah. And oh, that seems ridiculous. But then I thought about it. I was like, you know what? The master does all kinds of weird crap. To just, you know, to not die. Like, you know what? If anyone would, it would be him. Makes sense. Well, it's been so long since I've seen the TV movie, and I have to wonder if maybe there's some big finish that helps bridge the gap between survival and the the movie. Because I thought that it was explained in the TV movie that the master had been, like, he was that goo form because of the... Daleks, I think. Yeah, there was like, they, the, well, yeah, the doctor managed to, that, to get his yeah. hands on him, and it was taking him back to Gallifrey to face judgment from the no, Time Lords. Right. I, think, I thought he was taking him back to no joke, like the, the Daleks. For yeah, 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 yeah. I think Scarlet, it was for some, yeah. yeah. So, it's in you the, you know, the how, how does he go from planted the cheetah people to goo in a box? I don't know, but I mean, <laughs> they did. I guess the novelization actually goes into a little, a little bit more, but I've never read the novelization. I just know that they tried to fix retroactively what happened between survival and the TV movie. There is that. I actually have the, the not, I don't know if it's a novelization or it's a printed script of the TV movie, but I've not actually read it. I should probably do that and well, see what it says. I will say this. You can't fix Eric Roberts. <laughs> Uh, Eric, Eric Roberts, no, hashtag no. my master. No, no, no. no, no, no. <laughs> hashtag rezzing for the occasion. <laughs> uh, oh, awful. They're going to bring Eric back for the 60th. Just you watch. <laughs> uh, he doesn't remember he was in it. Well, he has he been probably back doesn't. a couple times in Big Finish, so there is that too, mm. even as the master. <laughs> He's going to show up for the anniversary and say, where's Batman? That's what he's going to do. <laughs> yeah, well, he's done that. So, yeah, he's... He's yeah. going to show up and go, I'm as good an actor as my sister. <laughs> Quit comparing me to her. And just give him a sugar cube and just tell him to sit down. He'll be fine. Uh, so, when the master... <laughs> so, the... <laughs> I could talk so much about the master. Just in this period, but... You know, I, I love that he's like the Gene Parmesan of yeah. like Doctor Who. It's just like you didn't know it was me, did you? I love that. That's, <laughs> like, that's the Ainley. Yeah, the Ainley Master is yes, exactly. It certainly, it certainly happened yeah. before that, but it get it does get really comedic when he starts doing it because there's all those fake mustaches and crap, like you said. But like this time, like like no, I'm a cat now. It's, You'll never guess it's me. It's it's even better when you watch the, like the behind the scenes of the cast, like talking like, you know, the, he'd make up fake names on set. We'd be acting with this guy, and he'd be like, "Ha ha, it's me, Anthony Ainley." And you're like, "Oh, <laughs> <laughs> really, guys? Really?" They're like, "We got to a point where there'd be some new person. We'd think it was him, and it wasn't." It's like, "Oh, come on, guys, come on." <laughs> He comes bursting through the door like Spanish Inquisition in my yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Sometimes he'd show up even when he wasn't supposed to be there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one expects the Anthony Antley. Oh, look, it's a big bearded king. Hmm. He's not standing up. Who's it going to be? Yeah. 
It really was like, what's wrong with that guy's face? And it was yes. always, oh, it's the master. That's why. Okay. Yep. Poor Nissa's dad. Oh. So, <laughs> so through this, uh, the doctor realizes that he can use um, Ace like a cat in part three. They can <laughs> transport to back to Perryvale. And see through Ace's eyes. Yes. And uh, this yeah. ends up, one of these kids is like a fully getting consumed and causing shit and there's like murders that happen when they get back like the the gym teacher instructor sergeant guy that we've been t- that we mentioned he gets murdered <laughs> like bad when they find him and yeah and he kill he kills like his little sister's like cat and like you yes. actually see like this yeah of, like gray fur and yeah. blood on the floor and they're flat I'm like this How- is kind of gruesome yeah even for doctor who yeah. right um and then they get to the point where they decide to have like a, a motorcycle like chicken <laughs> race. Yep. yep. Yeah. Sylvester McCoy <laughs> in his his doctor outfit with, you know, his plaid pants and his sweater vest and his little, you know, like I don't know what kind of shoes you'd call those, like brogues or something, <laughs> hopping on this motorcycle like Steve McQueen or something. The motorcycle's like 50 times his size. Yeah. (laughs) I immediately laughed when he hopped his little frame on that that bike. Yeah. And he starts revving it up. Ace, listen to me. Listen to me. If you fight, you change. You'll change completely forever. It's like, oh, it's my recently divorced grandfather. (laughs) He managed to have the question mark umbrella, too. Yeah. (laughs) Still in hand. Yeah. And they do the drag, and then they, like, crash head on, explode, and, like, the the kid dies. Master's not happy with him. And then this is where, like... Well, you know he was in an accident because he has, like, just a bunch of junk on his face. Smoke so stains, just, yeah. yeah. So yeah. just rubbed his face in the dirt. That means he was in a major bike collision. Fire marks. I mean, how high up were those flames, guys? That was like, <laughs> that was like two stories tall. That was ridiculous. Yeah, from a distance, it looked pretty gnarly. <laughs> I mean, in the behind did, the scenes, they they talked about that because they they said they ran out of time on the day and ended up where they had to just smudge his face because they couldn't do the prosthetics like they wanted to. Because <laughs> they spent all the money on the explosion <laughs> and the cat people. And, and the, the cat, cat people, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they made like four cat costumes, right? Is there that? Is there that as many as seen on screen at once? It was like four. That I don't know. I but, can't say that they actually counted. Right. Uh, uh, wait, does that does that count the the extra that apparently got too hot? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Out of her costume in the middle of filming and left. Yeah. Was that hundred degrees when they filmed the the yeah. stuff of the the. <laughs> The planet of the cheetah people. Sylvester McCoy was amused that she only had a G-string on and was running away. (laughs) Well, good for her for, like, knowing how awful it's going to be inside that thing. Because I I can guarantee you, there's no way the BBC, like, accommodated them. Like, well, it's going to be hot. They're covered in fur. Maybe we should do something to cool them down. Like, no, shut up. Put it on. (laughs) 
<laughs> she she stripped she stripped off and is just like running wildly in the middle of Paravale, <laughs> like trying to get away from the hot costume. He had nothing but a g-string, and the, the director's like, you know, yelling like, "Stop her! Stop her!" And Sylvester McCoy's just got a smile on his face, and he's just staring like, "No, just let her run." <laughs> she used to do conventions. G-string cheetah person from Survival. Yes. <laughs> At the booth next to John Cusack. <laughs> Nah, put her next to John Barrowman. They'd fit. She'd fit okay. right in. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, the uh, the the nice cheetah person that knows Ace. Like stuff happens that she starts transforming back and dies, and then the master transports the doctor to try to fight to the death and the cheetah person planet. But because the doctor decides, no, I I, I won't hit you with this rock. If we fight like animals, we'll die. We die like animals! Um, he gets transported back without the aid of a cat, somehow. I Yeah, I guess he turned enough just to do it, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, because yeah, he got the eyes. Yeah. And, and although we talked about it beforehand, we should mention Lisa Barrowman and this being her on-screen appearance in Doctor Who before she became Bernice Summerfield. Oh, that's right. Yeah, she's a big Finnish companion. Because mm-hmm. the UK has 12 actors. It's <laughs> <sighs> everyone's job to be on Doctor Who at some point. <laughs> has the big finish put the cheetah people with any other doctors yet? I don't know. Rachel, do you know? Because, like, I. <laughs> Sadly, I didn't look at that uh, before. <laughs> what little research I've. I've done on this episode i have not seen anything mentioning that they've appeared anywhere they've else returned, so. Yeah. So what, what i'm hearing is big finish needs to do last of the cheetah people yeah. <laughs> what if cheetah people with the second I mean, doctor they, yeah. Yeah, yeah well i mean they they did a whole series of classic classic doctors with new who new monsters monsters yeah. so you know it's not to say that they can't do yeah. Mm-hmm. In fact, Something I worked on the Fifth the Doctor era, story, so. Empire of the Rachnos, so I got to do that with the uh, with Peter Davison. Ah, badass. So that was cool. That was cool. And I think I've told Rachel this, but like I don't know if I've told you guys. Uh, getting to create the giant spider sounds was one of the things that we had the most fun with, but. By the end of the eight hours in the booth, I was using uh, King Crab Legs. They kind of got a little smelly, as you guys can imagine. So, but it was fun getting to create giant spiders. That's awesome. I'm just glad they were only audio spiders. We st- Big finish, we- you can do all the spider stories you want. <laughs> <laughs> we still have the uh, spot open for you on our Kingdom of the Spiders episode, Rachel. Just so you know. Oh, nope. hey, William Shatner. Hey, we owe, you, we owe you for Oscar. So <laughs> <laughs> I have to laugh <laughs> every time since I've been on previously <laughs> when I get brought mentioned and thrown under the bus <laughs> hey you got you got <laughs> taken out of my husband saying they're throwing me under the bus on cold cinema gavelgate again <laughs> hey you were allowed out of jail for this episode <laughs> i feel the love the next one will be better i promise well it can't, it can't be well worse. it already is we're here <laughs> indeed 
And we're talking about Doctor Who. Yes. Which is our second time, because, Russell, you were on before when we talked the, uh, the, um, the Dalek movie, Doctor Who and the Daleks, and that was almost two years ago, so... We're back in the hey dark. guys, we've officially broken away from uh, Peter Cushing and whatever the other actor was now. Oh yeah, th- stupid oh, Ian. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oddly enough, they luckily had footage of the Doctor and Ace walking away long enough to tack on a last minute voiceover from the Doctor. There are worlds out there where the sky's burning, where the seas asleep and the rivers dream. People made of smoke and cities made of song. Some of there's danger, some of there's injustice, and somewhere else the tea's getting cold. Come on, Ace, we've got work to do. And Sylvester McCoy said, like everybody involved said, well, this was just meant to lead us off to be off the air for a little while longer than normal, not cancellation. Like this was never meant to be like a final speech. And it's the first time, because uh, was it... Season two, did season two end with like Hartnell having a voiceover speech and they were like showing the faces in space, which. Oh, right, right. So that was like the, that one ended like this, but. Mm. Not the arc or what was that? The time, the time meddler ended like. Okay. Ended yeah. With, with the, uh, Steven and Dodo, right? It was, it's Steve yeah. Vicky. It was Vicky. Vicky, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Dodo never quite made it to a season finale. <laughs> Thank God. She was a part of one, but <laughs> no love for Dodo. No, I loved her on Masters of the Universe, but uh, yeah. So it, it, it ends there, and it's like okay, um, and it's it's kind of like I don't know. It's heartbreaking retroactively. It was like oh, that's it. Mm-hmm. It's a sweet well, that, little speech. That, that's a great that, monologue. Though. Yeah, I think that speech is fun and also just nonsense. Well, mm-hmm. there's the, there's oh, yeah, there was, mm-hmm. yeah, where it's sort of like okay, that makes you feel good, like you're gonna do stuff, and there's like, like what are you talking about, like dreaming river? Why just get back in the tardis, you crazy old asshole? What's going on? <laughs> it sounds really sweet in the moment, but then you're looking, you're like, yeah, that's a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the last like the last like line or two, like all right, well that makes sense, and everything before that's like, huh? McCoy crushes the <laughs> delivery, but and that oh, but that helps mm-hmm. a lot. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just like if you if you like look at it on paper, I'm like, man, this is some like like how did anyone write it? This is too much fluff. <laughs> like it is like way like it's it's trying to be something above the call of duty too hard. <laughs> like, but I I do mm-hmm. like the idea. Of the come on, Ace, we've got work to it builds like let's you know, cause you're like, oh, they're gonna keep having adventures. That's really nice. It's kind of like, uh, yeah, kind of felt like the end of like uh, the TV series Angel, where it's like, well, this is all we have left, but we're you know, it's still gonna keep going, um, type deal, where it's not like, oh, well, this is all over now, that type of, of thing. But this was never meant to be a finale, it just kind of faded away. I mean, they, they had plans for the next season, they were really gung ho. More than plans. They had several scripts and treatments yeah. already yeah. 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 done. Sophie, yeah. was, Sophie was going to leave, and they were going to bring in a new companion. The safe cracker. Yeah. 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 And actually, a lot of those stories have been produced as lost stories at Big Finish now. So there is another season after the final. Yeah, because, I mean, yeah, they had them. There's like the, yeah, there's the original uh, season 23, and then there's this season 27 that had stuff ready to go. And- mm-hmm. 
nothing. They didn't. Yeah, they they wanted to hold it, pull the plug, and then. Well, cut. Andrew Cartmo was talking about this as far as, and you said it earlier, like they had meant this as a a story arc, and it was never intended to be the series finale, and so they hadn't really developed it for that in mind. I don't know how much you guys know about the wilderness years, but like Ace was actually supposed to go off and study at Gallifrey and Mm -hmm. there's a bunch of stuff that happens with her where she gets into wars and kind of gets really roughed up by that and then meets up with the doctor later on and Big Finish even gets into some of that when Lisa Barrowman came in as Bernice Summerfield like with... um, Oh, what is that? It's one of the early ones, the shadow of the the giant insects. But they actually do cover some of that whenever, like, she was off a- after the doctor on her own and stuff. So it's kind of cool. Shadow of the Scourge, that, that's what it is. I'd recommend that to you guys if you've not listened to it. It's, it's one of the very, very first stories that Big Finish did, and it's really good. Then they were going to they were gonna bring back uh, Ace for the Sarah Jane adventures before... Um, Elizabeth Slayton passed. Mm-hmm. That was oh, a, a that plan. Cool. So, see, all I hear is that Ace gets her own show now. Yes, <laughs> that should happen. I mean, uh, yeah. well, uh, that the, trailer the, went over really well for the Blu-ray set. Like people, yeah, were I was going to say that that that's canon um, as far as that trailer is concerned mm-hmm. with uh, Ace uh starting up like her own like charitable organization the uh, caring earth or whatever it's called where it spells out ace that's that's uh that was supposed to be part of the plot line when she was going to be in the sarah jane adventures as she was going to show up as you know ace all grown up and now like a, a corporate woman mm-hmm. and well she's all businessy like so and sophie aldra they just announced that she has a book coming out um, yep. with her uh, being introduced into the 13th Doctor's, 13th Doctor's. storyline. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Again, another side for you guys, but like I had to actually work with Ace on the first Time War set where she's now lost to Ravana and Narvin, and they're trying, well, right now they're trying to find Leela, but then they're also going to have to find Ace and this is again in the middle of all that stuff after she's gone and left the doctor. Whew. Yeah, yeah, and right now they they don't know where she is. She's been taken out of time where you can't find her. Compared to some other companions, you know, with because of the wilderness years, they've had an opportunity to really build in uh, what happens to Ace going into the time war because she was going to go to Gallifrey and possibly go through the academy and everything that she's got uh, a unique take I guess or unique story compared to some other companions obviously Leela would be the other one who ended up on Gallifrey and stayed there so when it comes to the time war her and the two of them along with Romana obviously they have a an interesting I haven't I haven't listened to enough of the the time war stuff to really know what happens but i, I look forward to it it's You're on right. the <laughs> it's on the list a lot i'll get to <laughs> it i'll get cool to your, it cool your jets, russell i'll get to it yep <laughs> <laughs> there's only so many hours in the day yeah. <laughs> which ace they wanted to they look back at how other you know companions that leave and how they go and they'd be like you know let's really make this person an arc and then mm-hmm. they started building up. They were and they, they were really 
invested on like who the doctor was too with the uh, with McCoy in his second and third season. It was, I mean, it was growing what would become the show now, but the the seeds are planted there. Um, and there's stuff the there's stuff in the TV the movie that helps inform the next modern series as well. But they were really it's it's a wonder what this series would have been going through the 90s. You know, uh, McCoy says, you know, we were going to get a new producer, so I was probably only going to last another season before they canned me because they're always going to want their own doctor. But who knows how long McCoy would have done it. Um, I predict that it would have been very gray because that's what the 90s loved. <laughs> Just an absence of color. Like there's the day glow stuff up to 92. And then after that, it's like, all right, everything's gray now. Everything's just gray. I had a, uh, a flannel wearing companion. <laughs> the gr- Colin Baker would have been in the corner somewhere going, dang it. Yeah. <laughs> Emily gets his blue costume. But yeah, so, um, yeah, survival. You know, it's funny. Um, when it came to uh, the the ratings for uh, this season, Battlefield Part 3 was one of the highest rated of the season but this season was down from the previous one it had the lowest rated episode of doctor who of all time uh battlefield part one huh is it started uh, we had 3.1 million viewers uh but they built uh by the end of survival it was up to five uh million the it was funny because i was like the pre the previous lowest episode of Doctor Who rated episode of Doctor Who uh, before this was the War Games episode eight with three point five million, but but it's funny because there must have been something else on TV that week because it's just an it's a exception to the rule with the War Games ratings. It's really weird and and sometimes it happens with Doctor Who when you look back at the ratings and I say damn. Why this cereal be so, get so low? But there could be like a athletic championship or something on at the same time, or something. Say, you know, a big. I was gonna say with, with the war games. To be fair, it's ten episodes, well, so week, I can understand. That's week people. to week. To, that's week to week to week. Though it's not like ten episodes in a row. Like those episodes got aired and then never again until like the eighties. So I mean, you had to mm-hmm. watch it. Brandon, question for you, and I'm not sure if you guys caught this, but like one of the lines in, I can't remember if it was episode three or not, but they were talking about the, that there's not anything ever on TV on Sundays. Ace made that comment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was wondering if that was a dig on the fact that the show maybe was moved to sun- a Sunday time slot. Hmm. It could have been. And I don't know when it was airing at that time. Yeah. And yeah. I just, I was like, huh, that, that's funny. I, I feel like that's a shot at the BBC, the way it was written. Yeah. That'd be great. I hope it well, this, is. <laughs> this season aired from September through... December 6th. December, yeah, of 89, so... Well, these, like, those last few years, it really did get shuffled around as far as, like, when it aired, you know? Oh, and you know. even the format, too. Yes. Oh mm-hmm. God. Yes. <laughs> With Colin, Colin, like they went up to the forty-five minute format. Mm-hmm. Which it's funny, like that season, uh, Colin Baker's first season actually it kept fl- afloat the Peter Davison ratings. Um, it was, I guess, if you look at it numbers wise, it was staying afloat, and then it had the eighteen month hiatus, and the ratings were never the same after that. McCoy's first season dunks like bad, but then uh, he, he luckily his second season was. Uh, the 25th anniversary of the show, so I think people got a bit more back into it. 
And the ratings saw a little bit of a jump, but I mean, it was still equal to what like the Trial of the Time Lord ratings were, but that was getting back up and then this kind of teetered down a little bit. So it's just, I think the 18 month hiatus between Colin Baker's seasons really shot the ratings down because I think people just decided not to believe in the show, found something else. Just, I mean, his first season was controversial, but. Well, I also think like the show being off the air for a year and a half kind of showed that the BBC was like, oh, we don't have that a lot of faith in it either, folks. Yeah, so yeah. That's that wasn't great. Yeah. And it was I mean, it was canceled, but then they saved face and said, no, 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 it's just on hiatus. Yeah, uh, but behind the scenes, it was canceled. And then the official press release was like, hey, it's it's uh, just on hiatus for 18 months. And then they make a little song about bringing back the doctor. And yeah. Oh, yeah. God, I forgot about <laughs> doctor that. Doctor in distress. <laughs> So, yeah, the show never recovered. I mean, the BBC was from, you know, from then on, it was like not believing in the show. And, you know, you can only push. So, I mean, and then they fire, they fire an actor on it and hire McCoy was a, I don't know whether that was a popular choice back then or not, but yeah, it's a, it's a weird thing. And they quality wise, they were, I mean, really bringing things back, but I don't know. I, the ratings look low but they were still i don't know what other things were doing at the time either because they yeah. say the ratings were good enough to keep but the bbc was just bound to axe the show at that point yeah also like the show just kind of looked just like weird like you're watching like i know this is doctor who and it does mostly feel like it but there's just something it feels weird like i don't know if it was like the video they used or mm-hmm. what but it just feels like something it's like um like watching a syndicated sci-fi show yeah. from the, from you know the early '90s is like what it felt like. It was like, what is who's in charge of this? Why well, is this on television? Like that's had kind of had that feel to it. That, it's funny you say that because this is one of a few. Uh, there's there's a camera they used a video camera that they used um, to shoot this, and they've only used it for four stories other than this one. So the Santaran experiment uh, back in you know the 70s but uh delta and the bannerman silver nemesis and curse of fenric were all shot on this yeah. video camera yeah <laughs> they all have that weird feel especially like curse of fenric a lot too like they're mm-hmm. like another like those are not bad or anything like that it's just that feel it's just that this uh well, i don't it, know it's, it's like off. it's like it's like you made the ultimate amateur home movie of all time like it's badass yes. if it's like your neighbor showed you this movie they made and it looks like that. But if you're like the professional BBC, it's kind of like weird. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Perfect um, description. Yeah. It, it's, it's really interesting, but it, it's hard to describe it. Like you're saying, but I get you, but it looks fine in the Santarin experiment though. It kind of haunted. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. But I guess they're not trying the, the effects in that are more practical built mm-hmm. things in that but that one looks spooky whereas there's no there's no pink sky in it yeah there's no <laughs> yeah. yeah we I, neglected to mention that the planet of the cheetah people 
which is the name of the planet I get whatever pink sky pink sky <laughs> I know the planet is falling apart but the sky's pink and it looks a little silly it's not a very good effect you can like see oh no not at all like the lines like where they had to cut it out to <laughs> Yeah, it looks like really bad Photoshop in some of the shots. Well, there was there was like one shot where I where I saw the master like drop the what the the kithling, the dimensional jumping cats, whatever, and I thought it was green screened. Like that looks awkward. Like oh no, it's just the coloring they did. Yeah, that's like that's that's pretty. I can't imagine someone trying to make it look like it was a green screen, but it wasn't a green screen. That's what it was. It was so damn weird. We're not going to do like a rating on this one, but um, like we normally do on the show. But does this one, are you guys mostly favorable towards this one overall or like no way? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I enjoyed it watching it, but I mean, I enjoy watching pretty much any Doctor Who. uh, If it's in front of me, you know, I'm going to watch it. Uh, But just... I mean, I, I, I love Sylvester and Sophie together. Uh, that was just a, such a good combination. The fact that they share a birthday probably has a lot to do with that. And actually, they share a birthday with Anthony Ainley, too, uh, which is very weird. Uh, so her and Sylvester, even now, are like thick as thieves. Um, so and you, you can see that even then on on the screen they just have great chemistry together and the, anytime you get the master you're usually in for some wackadoodle scheme of his because that was kind of the master's thing um usually teaming up with another race or creature or something and have them do his bidding yeah yeah uh, this is that's this is classic Cheetah master people. plot yeah um, so, you know, I, I enjoy seeing the master, but just the, the plot is just, it's very convoluted and it's like, there's other than like, if you go to the planet of the cheetah people, you're either going to be hunted by them and die, or you stay alive long enough to become one of them. Mm-hmm. But other than them kidnapping people from Earth, there's no real effect to the people on Earth. Like, there's no real risk. Yeah, you either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become a cheetah person. Exactly. You beat me to it. You beat me to yeah. it. You beat me to it. <laughs> so, so it's like the, the stakes there aren't, like, high. It's not like the Master's, like, t- convincing the cheetah people to go to Earth and, like, either convert people or hunt them yeah. down. Is he trying to destroy that planet? Is he trying to well, exit it? Like it's well, He's well, trying to exit it as I what well, supposedly what it's supposed to be. He's trying to get away before he becomes a full-fledged cheetah person and or the planet destroys itself. I guess whichever comes first. Well, there's more than one meaning to the word survival for the title. It's not just survival mm-hmm. of the yeah. fittest, it's about surviving off that damn planet for yeah, him yeah. anyway. There's more than one way to skin a cheetah person. Yeah. I suppose. <laughs> Um, Do you have any, okay, so this may not be, but do you have a favorite um, Seventh Doctor story? Well, I mean, all things considered, I mean, Remembrance of the Daleks is good, but honestly, I like Battlefield for it not having, you know, hearing that its ratings weren't very good. I mean, anytime you get the Brigadier Mm -hmm. is, Mm. is, I'm, I'm totally down for unit 
I feel like that's where this season's so. money went was all Battlefield because that yeah. one's huge. <laughs> and it, it's like, it's do you know how much we had to pay Nicholas Courtney? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, uh, the seventh the, the seventh Doctor's not. He's obviously he's not my favorite um, <laughs> of the classic era Doctors. Um, although a time in the Ronnie is is fun too, just because I like the Ronnie as a nemesis, and I think that they need to find some way to bring her back to New Who. That's a flag that I have planted and will continue to fly until they adhere to my demands. Hey, I'll get uh, on that banner too. Gotcha, Russell. What about you? Well, first off, to go back to your first question, uh, for me, this I. I I still would rate this over Delta and the Bannerman and even Paradise Towers, but like this is very low hanging fruit for me as far as Seventh Doctor. Um, I I think part of part of it for myself is like they tried to do a lot of big ideas with the writing in this time period, and like it was very heady and. I don't think that it's always easy for the audience to follow what they're trying to do. And um, then second question, my favorite story from the Seventh Doctor timeline would be uh, Silver Nemesis, hands down. I love Cybermen as far as coming back there, and that was just a really good, solid story. Colin. I like this episode. I don't know if it's like near like it's somewhere in the middle. I think is for me as far as Sylvester McCoy episodes, but I I do like it. I think it's interesting that like you guys are like this like story's all convoluted. Like this is like one of the easier ones for me to understand. I think there's other <laughs> ones that are much more difficult than this. It's because you were once confused as a child. Now, <laughs> I maybe I don't know. Like I like this like. You watch Ghostlight, and then you watch this. Like, no, come mm-hmm. on. I understand yeah. what the hell this is. Ghostlight. Yeah, compared a, to Ghostlight, oh this is really yeah. easy to follow. That's a, that's a pile of spaghetti. That is just yeah. a. Who knows what that is? I, will, I um, do. I appreciate. See, like, I appreciate the ambition of something like a Ghostlight. It doesn't all come together, of course, but I, I appreciate there's something there they're going for, and I like what they're putting oh, together. Yeah. But something is accurate. Yes, but that something that the people making it didn't know what they were like. Legitimately, like the actors, like I don't know what this is. I don't know what we're. I don't know what this story is. I don't know what we're doing. I'm just doing the best I can. Uh, but the uh, revelation of the Daleks, yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, that that's the best one for me. Anyway, I think that's best McCoy story and like one of the best Dalek stories. Honestly, yeah. I love that episode. And uh, Davros gets to do his own little uh, master reveal on that one as well. So, <laughs> yes, it's pretty nice. Pretty That's good. It's pretty me. good story. <laughs> Davros head there, right? <laughs> <laughs> what about what about uh, how do you think about what do you feel about this, Brandon? Uh, I'm in the like camp. It's a nice story. Um, I don't even like. I think it falls low even on this season, though. That's the kind of the problem with is like, well, it's not even the best of the season. It's still fine. It's still it's still a fun story. It doesn't lag at all for me. But yeah, I'm in the yeah I'm in the light camp, and it's probably on the lower end of things from like the last two seasons of McCoy. I'm not a big fan of his first season too much. I like Dragonfire from that one. As far as my favorite McCoy story, I'm like, I'm back and forth between the Remembrance of the Daleks and Curse of the Fenric. That's where I back and forth that yeah zombies um that's 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 probably where that's where i lie see curse of the fenric that's another one where like i think i know what's going on but 
Do I? <laughs> Those are the two. And I like Silver Nemesis a lot. Like, I never, like, the, the Silver Nemesis is one that I'd put in, like, the maybe, like, underappreciated column. Because I think it's really good, but I, I never see people talking about it too much. But, I'm like, that's a really good story from a really good season. So... But yeah, so yeah, it's a survival. Next week we'll be talking about the uh, first season of the revival of Doctor. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> We're changing the format. <laughs> you guys gotta say we we <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we are Doctor Who cavalcade now. We have survived survival. Survived. We're going backwards, yeah. guys. Next week. Uh... <laughs> Oh, I don't want to watch Ghost Light. Come on, dude. <laughs> We're going to Ghost Light just for Cullen. He will understand it. Uh, what? No happiness patrol? Nobody loves the Candyman? Uh, we <laughs> talked about the Candyman last week yeah. after we recorded <laughs> I will watch the Candyman. That guy cried both love and hate the Candyman. Book your reservations now for the Paradise Candy Towers, Man folks. <laughs> Hi, I'm Sophie Aldred. As companion to Sylvester McCoy in Doctor Who, I've learned a lot about public television in America. I've learned that NJN is the station you can depend on to bring you the best of PBS. Plus, unique programmes like Doctor Who. If you made a pledge to NJN during their February membership drive, you'll be receiving a pledge card. When you do so, send it back right away with your cheque. And thank you for supporting New Jersey Network and Doctor Who. Thanks, uh, everybody, for uh, listening to this wonderful uh, special bonus episode. We'll return... Uh, uh, this month is just things coming out on special days. Um, so your Cult Cinema Cavalcade Mondays <laughs> will return uh, next year, uh, 2020. Uh, but for now, uh, our next episode will be on Friday the 13th as James Oster returns uh, to discuss with us Friday the 13th, the final chapter, the fourth film of the 12 film <laughs> series. And uh, we're looking forward to Not that. Not even in... Not even the final half of the stories. Yes. Corey Feldman watches a woman get topless from his bedroom window during somersaults on his bed. Crispin Glover dances. And a fat woman has a horrible instance eating a banana. So uh, that's all next time. Uh, I want to thank uh, Russell for coming back again within uh, such a short time. Appreciate that. Um, any Anything uh, new you want to plug? As I said, working on uh, Gallifrey Time War Volume 3, which will be out in February. Awesome, awesome. And Rachel, you're back. You're out of jail. You did good. <laughs> For now. For now. Uh, pre- I'm like River Song. I keep getting out, and then I... There you go. Tying it back in. Uh, what's the Five-ish Fangirls up to, and where can you find them? Uh, you can find us, uh, the5ishfangirls.com. From there, you can find links to where we are on the rest of the internet, which is a lot of places. And uh, we don't really have anything like special per se coming up. Just finishing out the uh, the year. Obviously, we've got uh, one big, uh, one more big tentpole movie to be released before the year is out. What? A little space movie. You may have heard of it. That's not Jumanji. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Jumanji 2. Uh, in space now? Damn. Yes. <laughs> well, I don't think The Rock has been in space yet, so we can get him out <laughs> there eventually. The natural disasters don't occur in space, or at least not, yeah, exactly. uh, we, I don't know. Yeah, so that's why I can't Asteroid. do it. San Andreas col- c- colon moon. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, also, we want to also, point out for this episode before we do go. Um, granted, this has happened like over a month ago, but congrats to Rachel for being the cosplay champion of Doctoberfest 2019. Woo! Tying it in here. Well, I was a winner, so I was the judges judges winner. You're the winner That's in our hearts. I wasn't, the, I wasn't. I wasn't the crowd fan vote, which I don't know what that says says about me, but or about the fans. Or about the fans. Were, were they openly <laughs> booing you? No. <laughs> okay, well then you probably did all right. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Uh, if you follow the Five Itch Fangirls on social media, you'll be able to see the pictures of Rachel in her cosplay. There are pro shot photos as well, aren't they? Mm-hmm. There you go. All right. Well, thanks, uh, everybody, for tuning into this episode. Hope you enjoyed it. If you don't like Doctor Who, fuck you, but keep listening. <laughs> So, <laughs> we look forward to next time, but first, stay tuned for the trailer to Friday the 13th, the final chapter, the trailer that actually trails. before you have felt the terror known the madness lived the horror but this is the one you've been screaming for Friday the 13th the final chapter Jason is back he moves like a shadow, dark and silent. Sorry, you change your mind? He never utters a word. He doesn't even seem to breathe. Where the hell's the corkscrew? He simply, mindlessly, mercilessly, kills. But now, Jason's reign of terror is over. Friday the 13th, the final chapter. Jason's unlucky day. Thank you for listening to Cult Cinema Cavalcade, part of the Creative Zombie Studios Network. Follow CC Cavalcade on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Listen to the show on cultcinemacavalcade.com, iTunes, and anywhere podcasts are found. For press opportunities, advertising opportunities, and more information on Cult Cinema Cavalcade, contact mail at cultcinemacavalcade.com. Produced by Brad Shoemaker. Edited by Brandon Peters. Narration by Rebecca Peters. Theme song Pink Baby by Happy Elf appears courtesy of the freemusicarchive.org network. The film and music featured in this episode are part of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Join us again in two weeks for a new episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade. Remember, this isn't just a one-off. It's forever. Doctor, before you go, one question. Yes? Where in the galaxy is Zanussi? Show us your tits and I'll tell you.